We're in part three of a sermon series called How to Be Rich. How to Be Rich. A lot of people are chasing that carrot right there. Trying to be rich and trying to be rich the way the world says to be rich. We're going to talk about how to be rich the way God says we ought to be rich. So we're going to go back and do a little bit of review about the things we've been talking about. And then we're going to talk about some brand new uh, stuff God wants to say to us today. Let me just remind you that two weeks from today, we're going to receive our offering fit for a king. And here's what we're asking everyone to do. We're asking everyone to tithe on that Sunday. The Bible says in Malachi 3.10, God says, test me, try me, tithe and see what I will do. And he talks about what he will do. So go to, go to Malachi chapter 3 and study that passage that talks about giving into God's storehouse. We're going to ask everybody in the Whitley Church family, in the Bridge family, everyone to tithe on that day. Now, those of you who are our regular tithers, we thank you so much. And here's what we're asking you to do. Millie and I uh, discussed this last night, what we're going to give. Millie and I are are both uh, regular tithers here at the church. And, of course, I tithe to our denomination as an ordained minister. So we're regular tithers. But we're going to give a special offering on uh, Offering Fit for a King Sunday. So we're, we're right there with you guys. So we're asking our regular tithers to give something special above your tithe. And uh, let's see what God will do. Let's see what God will provide. You know, the bridge is really growing. And um, we have found a new location because we've outgrown the original location. And we uh, are, are trusting and believing that we're going to be able to get this place. Everything looks real good right now. And so uh, we're going to need some money to get that upgraded and get that ready for church. And we're hoping by the first of the year we'll be in our new bridge location there in uh, Goldsboro. And so we're, we're uh, counting on a good offering on October 5th to kind of uh, give that a punch in the arm, a, a big support there. So let's be faithful on October 5th, all right? All righty, we have to talk about money in church, man. And I know there's probably some people visiting today going, of all Sundays I visited, he's going to talk about money. So why do we have to talk about money? Well, it's my job as senior pastor to lead you to be a fully devoted follower of Jesus. Isn't that right? Isn't that my job? It is to make myself and make sure I'm a fully devoted follower of Jesus and then to lead you to be a fully devoted follower of Jesus. And I've discovered that if we're not obeying God in the area of our finances, it's not possible to be a fully devoted follower of Christ. So we're going to talk about money. We're also going to talk about money because Jesus had more to say about money than any other thing he talked about when he walked the face of this earth. So if Jesus thought money was so important, then we certainly ought to as well. And um, probably the most famous thing Jesus ever said about money is found in Matthew 6, 21, when he said, For where you put your money, that's where your heart is. That's the Pharaoh Hardison version. For where your treasure is, where you put your money, your attention will follow, your heart will follow. 
Remember the covenant I made with you uh, according to, uh, uh, in this series, when I was here, the very, when we started the very first Sunday of the month, I told you the couple things I wanted you to know is I don't know who gives what in this church. I want to remind you about that. I don't know who gives what. So when I preach on this, I'm not talking about anybody individually. I'm just talking about what the Bible says. And I also made a covenant with you that this series is not about getting something from you. It's about providing something for you. And so I'm holding to that covenant I made. So what does it mean to be rich? How to be rich? What does this title mean? And in this series, we're going to look at how God wants us to use money. We've read this several times, but let's read it again. 1 Timothy 6, 18 through 19. Paul is um, talking to that young preacher boy. Timothy, and he's telling Timothy what to tell his church. He goes, now, I can just see this. I I don't know about you all, but when I read the Bible, I just see pictures. And I can see this older preacher telling this young preacher boy, all right, now, boy, you tell those people, tell them to use their money to do good. That's one thing you got to tell them. And he said, you tell them that they should be rich, but they should be rich in good works And should give happily to those in need, always being ready to share with others whatever God has given them. He says, and then you tell them that if they'll do that, here's what will happen. By doing this, they will be storing up real treasure, not treasure that moths eat up and rust will cause it to rust away. But they'll they'll be storing up real treasure for themselves in heaven. I told you all last Sunday, I don't even know all that that means. I really don't. Uh, that's, a, that's one of those mysteries. But the Bible says when we obey God with what he has given us and what he has provided for us, when we obey him and we submit to his will in that area, that we store up treasure for ourselves. I'm just reading out of the Bible. Not trying to be selfish here, but it says you will store up treasure for yourself in heaven. Somebody asked me after church, after I just said, I don't know what that means, walked right up here and said, what does that mean? I said, I just told you, I don't know exactly what that means. But I can't wait to get there and find out what that means. Heaven's going to be a wonderful place, isn't it? And I think the temperature is going to be about what it was yesterday. Was that not a perfect day yesterday? Pastor Pastor Andy, and I got to tell you, I didn't know Pastor Andy was this good a Christian, honestly. The pastor Andy asked for 70, he prayed it out loud, 75 degrees and overcast. Man, the boy must be fasting. I don't know what's going on there. But it says, by doing this, they will be storing up real treasure for themselves in heaven. It's the only safe investment for eternity. How many of y'all know Wall Street is going crazy right now? (laughs) Somebody's happy about it. I don't know what that deal was, But by doing this, they will be storing it. It's the only, look at what God says, it's the only safe investment. Every other investment's a risk, but this one isn't. No risk. No risk investment. Boy, the dividends are incredible. He says, and not only will I bless them when they get to heaven, he said, they'll live a fruitful Christian life right down here too. Man, he's going to bless you before you even get to heaven if you obey him. We're looking at five, God's five financial investment funds. And the first one we looked at was the treasury fund, God's treasury fund. You remember that one? 
And we talked about the fact that tithing is an act of worship. It's an act of worship. Now let me tell you, on October 5th, Offering fit for a king Sunday, we're going to worship God that day. It's going to be an amazing service. We're going to, ta- we're going to have communion on that morning. It's going to be a great morning of worship and praise to God. And We're going to bring our offering to him on October 5th, so we hope you guys will participate in that. Don't miss out on God's blessing for your life. Be a participant that day. We learned in this first part of this series that tithing is to be undesignated. We're not against designated tithing. We take up offerings to help people here, and we took up a designated offering this morning for missions and bread of life, so we're not against designated. But the tithe is to have no strings attached. You give that to the Lord as an act of worship. I believe you give it when and where you worship. We discovered that God doesn't want your money or need your money. We found out that what God wants is what your money represents, and that's your heart. He wants you. Can I tell y'all God's got all the money he needs? God isn't up there in heaven going, man, I don't know how in the world I'm going to pay this bill. Boy, I hope Whitley really does good on that offering fit for a king Sunday. He never has an emergency meeting of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God's got all he needs. Remember I told you people say he's trying to get my money? Oh, if he wanted your money, he'd just get it. He wouldn't try to get it. He's God. So it's important that you understand it isn't the money he's after. It's you. It's your heart. He wants you. He wants your love. He wants your loyalty. He wants your allegiance. He's after you. That's what he wants. And then we found out last week that God doesn't only have a treasury fund, but he's got a mutual fund. Y'all remember that one? We investigated the fact that God wants you to learn to love more and invest more in the lives of other believers. Remember we talked about that? How that when we bless others, other believers, that the world is watching us. The Bible, you remember, we read all those scriptures last week, and I left them in your notes. If you want to follow along, you've got notes in your worship program there. I left all those scripture references in there so you can look those up if you need them in the future when you're talking to other people. But God said when you, when the church loves on each other, and when the church takes care of each other, it makes God's gospel, it makes the word of God visible. It makes the word of God visible. I told you all that we don't need any more presentations of the gospel. We need more demonstrations. That's what impresses the world. It's when we demonstrate the love of God. When we don't just talk about it, but we demonstrate it. They're watching us. And when they see us demonstrate it, their hearts are moved and they say, I want that. Look what it says in 2 Corinthians 9 and 12. This service of giving, not only, it does three things. It not only helps the needs, there's one thing it does of God's people. It also brings many more thanks to God. There's the second thing, when you give to other believers and you help them, it it helps their need, it fulfills their need, it gives praise to God. And then look at the last one, it's proof of your faith. Proof of your faith. Proof to who? Well, proof to one another here at church, but proof to those who are investigating Jesus. How many of you know that out there in the world today, there are just a lot of people who have already decided in their mind what goes on in here, and so they know they're not coming because they've seen a lot of hypocrisy in the church, and they've seen us talk a good talk, but they are not impressed with us that much because we don't really walk a lot of the stuff we talk. 
The Bible here is saying that when we begin to live out what we talk about, that they will understand and be, it will be proved to them that we are the children of God. Amen? Amen? Now let's talk about today a third mutual fund that, or a third fund, financial fund that you can invest in, that God wants you to invest in. And that is he wants you to invest in his growth fund. His growth fund, okay? God wants you to grow up. God wants you to grow up. God wants you to mature. God wants you to develop spiritually. Here's what I'm going to talk to you about today in the next 15 minutes. God wants you to take some of your money that he's given you and invest it in yourself. He wants you to invest it in improving yourself. He wants you to invest some money in improving your personal walk with him. We're going to get very practical about this today. Look what it says in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18. The Bible says, grow in spiritual strength and become better acquainted with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Well, how do I do that? How do I become better acquainted with Jesus? How do I invest in this growth fund? Fun. Here's how you do it. By using some of the money God gives you. And how much of the money that you have did God give you? All of it. Very good children. So how do we do that? How do we invest in this growth fund? We invest in things, listen very carefully, that enhance our walk with God. That enhance our Christian character that make us stronger, that make us deeper, that makes our walk with him firmer and more sure. Do you know if the roots are not down deep, every little puff of wind that comes along is going to blow you over? And God wants you to get your roots down deep. And God knows that in order for you to get your roots down deep in him, you might have to invest. As a matter of fact, you, you, uh, it's not any might about it. You'll have to invest in some things. God said in the first week, use your money to express worship to me. The second week of this series, God said, use your money to encourage other believers. Today, God is saying, use some of your money to enhance your character, to enhance your walk with God. Look at this scripture. It's so clear. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 16. The earnings of the godly enhance their lives. The earnings of the godly enhance their lives, but evil people squander their money on sin. And the people said, there's a zillion ways to waste your money. <laughs> you can say amen to that too, but y'all look so holy out there this morning. So God's telling us here that it would be wiser to take the money that we're wasting and stop wasting it and use it to grow. Use it to enhance your life. And we're going to talk about some ways to do that in just a minute. But God is saying here, listen carefully. I want to nail this down and I want to build this foundation strong for this message today. God is saying, I want you to use some of your money to develop your skills. I want you to use some of your money to educate yourself about me. God is saying, I want you to use some of your money so that when you invest in it, you will be a better person as a result of that investment. I want you to improve yourself in every area. 
Make yourself valuable. I've, I've seen people all the time sit around and go, man, I'll tell you, they don't pay me enough. They don't, they don't do enough. They don't do, I just wish they'd do more. They don't do enough for me. Make yourself valuable. You, you take personal responsibility for that and make yourself valuable. Stop complaining that people don't see your value or appreciate your value. Stop complaining that you're not getting paid enough and just quit worrying about that because you can't control that and just start making yourself more valuable. I tell you what, you do that, humble yourself. The Bible says when Jesus did it, humbled himself, he was given a name above every name. Promotion doesn't come from you going around plugging yourself and, and, and tooting your own horn. Uh, promotion comes when you invest privately in those things that build your character. Am I making sense this morning? If you do this, you'll become a better leader. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this is a principle of God's work. You invest in things that make you a better person, and you won't have to worry about advertising. Your, people will see it in you. They'll see it in you. You'll be a better leader. You'll be a better communicator. You'll be a better prayer, praying person. You'll be a better intercessor. You'll be a better individual, a better Christian. And this will make you a person of greater character. And this is important because this, your character, is what's going to last. A lot of the stuff we're spending our money on is so temporary. So temporary. I hate to tell y'all some of this, and I know it's going to just mess some of you up, but you are not taking your car to heaven. You're not going to take your home. You're not going to take your furniture, your clothes, your fine china. When you leave here, it is not going with you. Here's what you're going to take with you to heaven, your character, who you are, what you've become, what you've made of yourself by the help of God. You know what our nature is? Our nature is to invest in comfort. We want to invest in comfort. But God says, no, not that you can't be comfortable and not that you can't buy things that make you comfortable. I am so glad this morning it is not a sin to own a recliner. Aren't y'all glad? Because I am getting in mine today. And if you want me, you're going to have to come to the house. Because there ain't going to be no phones on at my house today. And I'm going to just pray God will protect all of y'all. And you're not going to need me. Because it's going to be me and the Panthers and Jesus this afternoon. I'm telling you that right now. God says invest in, invest in the development and maturity of your Christian character. Because character is eternal. Oh yeah, and Jeff Gordon. Pole position. Proverbs 23, 23. By truth, look at that. Isn't that powerful? By truth. You want to buy something? Buy you some truth. Buy truth and don't sell it for love or money. Buy wisdom. God's saying, you want to know where to put your money? Put it in things that are going to make you wise. Buy education. Look at that. You want to spend your money on the right stuff? Look at that last one. Buy insight. Ah. Oh. Man, that's a powerful verse of Scripture right there. 
on how to use your money to enhance your character and build yourself up and make yourself. When I talk about making yourself valuable, I'm talking about making yourself valuable, valuable to the kingdom. Valuable to God. Oh, I look at the money I've wasted. I look at the things I could have had that would have been eternal. Y'all with me? And, and if I'd invested, invested those things in eternal things, I bought a, and I know some of y'all did too, and I'm not trying to make you feel bad, but I bought a timeshare. I believed the man when he said it would grow in value. Let me tell you what I did. I called them and said, can I give this back to you? I'm not kidding you. I said, can I give it back to you? They said, that'll cost you $250. (laughs) I said, I'll just go stay in it. Um, I'm sorry. I just went off there for a minute. This means... Proverbs 23, 23, buy truth, don't sell it for love or money. Buy wisdom, buy education, buy insight. Here's what God's saying right there. God's saying that any time you use your money to do stuff like this, here's some real practical stuff. When God use, God's saying any time you use your money to buy a Christian book. Have y'all read The Shack? Read that book. And if you don't like it, don't tell me. Because I think it's awesome. Read that book. It's an incredible book. Uh, people say it's new age. It is not. It is not new age. It's a great book. It's an allegory. It's like the Chronicles of Narnia. It's a great novel. A lot of people think it's true. It's not a true. It's a novel. It's fiction, but it's so powerful. It's like the Lord of the Rings and that kind of thing. It's just got such power in it. So, so I would recommend that book. When you buy a book, when you buy The Purpose Driven Life, when you buy... Um, man, I could just go on and on with books. But when you buy uh, a book that helps you understand the original Greek language so you can dig for those nuggets of gold. And you need to take class 201 because we help you with that and we show you what books you need in your library. But when you buy a a good Christian book that helps you grow spiritually, you're investing in God's growth fund. When you buy CDs or DVDs of my pre... No, I'm just kidding. When you buy CDs and DVDs of good teachers and and good preachers and and good music, that's investing. God likes that. God's pleased with that. Don't... I mean, you got to be... You know, you can't go crazy. You got to pay the light bill. But I'm just saying. Everything's in decency and in order and in balance, but... When you buy CDs or something that helps you grow spiritually, you've invested in the growth. When you go to a seminar or a retreat, when you go to a conference, when you go to a training event that trains you to be a better leader in your church, trains you to be a a better Christian, a stronger Christian, trains you about prayer, trains you about worship, trains you about just developing as a Christian, you're investing in God's growth fund and you're obeying Proverbs 23, 23 when it says if you want to buy something, buy you some truth. You want to buy something? Buy some wisdom. Buy some education. Buy some insight. You want to spend some money? God goes, there's a good way to spend it right there. Anytime you do anything that makes you more of what God wants you to be, he's pleased. 
And again, you got to budget all this stuff. Don't go out here and go, Pastor said I could spend all our savings on books. No, I didn't. I just said you need to be adding to your library all the time. Trade with people. When they're reading something, you, you're reading something, trade. A gentleman walked in my office this morning, brought me three awesome books on leadership. I offered to pay him. He said, no. I said, thank you. Amen. I just received it. Receive stuff. But give stuff too. Amen, amen. You develop what God has given you. Develop what he's given you. Y'all, listen, every one of you guys are talented and gifted. Some may be a little hard to look at, but you've got gifts. You've got talents. Develop them. Develop them. Make them better. Become a better leader. You say, well, all I do is I'm just a parking lot guy. Be the best one. You ever seen those guys uh, direct traffic and, man, they've just turned it into a whole, an art. You get out there and do that. Maybe the newspaper will come out here and cover us or something and go, the most creative parking guy, you know. Go that way or something. I don't know. Just be the best. Quit sitting around whining because you're not getting promoted and be the very best thing at that position. And you know what will happen? Somebody will come along and say, if he's that good at that, I bet he'll be even better at that. If you're faithful in that which is least, God knows you'll be faithful in much. Look at Isaiah 55 and 2 as we bring this message in for a close. We have visitors here today, so just tell them when I say in closing what that means. Absolutely nothing. Isaiah 55 and 2, look what it says. Why spend your money on food that doesn't give you strength? Look at the next question. Why pay for food that does you no good? Listen, and I will tell you where to get food that is good for the soul. Isn't that good? Soul food. I love soul food, don't you? I love soul food. And the prophet Isaiah is saying here to spend your money on, not not to spend your money on junk food. But spend your money on soul food. i got to tell you something now. Don't let me hurt your feelings here, but there's junk food in the Bible bookstore. There's a lot of stuff in there that's like sitting around eating marshmallows. Marshmallows are good, but you'll starve to death eating them. All right? So today, this is soul food. I'm talking to you about food for your soul. I'm talking to you about information to build your Christian character. The world offers empty calories that focus on temporary things. But what God is saying to us in this message today is to focus on the eternal part of you. The eternal part of you. The character that you're going to take with you to heaven. Look what it says in Proverbs 16, 16. Proverbs 16, 16. It is better. No, not better. Much better. To have wisdom and knowledge than gold and silver. The wise man Solomon is saying here, don't pile up all your wealth just so you can sit around and look at it. He's saying use it. Now we know we've taught on savings and we do financial classes here and you know about savings. We're not talking about normal savings. But he says, don't just pile money up so you can sit around and look at it. He says, use it to build your character. One of the best ways to use your gold and silver is to get wisdom. Use it to get wisdom. Use it to get knowledge. Buy some food for the soul. I love what I read in this little booklet I had. It said money is a lot like fertilizer. If you just pile it up, it just starts to stink. But if you spread it around, stuff grows. That's good, isn't it? Wish I'd have thought of that. 
So the first week, we learned how to express love to God in tithing as an act of worship. That is that treasury fund. The second week, we learned to express love to other believers. That's that mutual fund. And then today, we learned to express love to God by investing in ourselves, that we would grow in our character, that we would make ourselves more uh, valuable to the kingdom. That's the growth fund. Let me tell you what God's saying to us today. God's saying, I want you to grow. Some of you sitting here listening to me this morning haven't grown much in a long time. You kind of have just settled in and gotten comfortable. God is prompting you this morning. Not Pharaoh Hardison. God, through his word, is just kind of poking the stick in the side and saying, hey, dude, hey, dudette. I want you to grow. I want you to mature. I want you to, I'm, I thank you for what you've done for me in my kingdom, but let's get, let's move up. Let's make progress. Let's get even more valuable. It's important for you to invest some of your money in stuff that makes you better and smarter and wiser and a more skilled person. When you do that, here's what happens. You make yourself an offering. How about that? You become an offering. Look what it says in Romans 12 and 1. I love the message. This is one of my favorite paraphrase of the scripture. It says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping and eating and going to work and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Can I just ask you this this morning? <clears throat> you, know, you know, before God wants your money, before God wants anything at all from you, before he wants you to give to offering fit for a king and before God wants to do any of that in your life, here's what God wants. He wants you, he wants you to give you. So can I ask you this morning, have you given you? Can I tell you that it isn't even enough for you to be real generous? Let's say on, on Offering Fit for a King Sunday that you're very generous to our church and you give a oh, great... Do you know that, that we will appreciate that and, and we'll be thankful to you for that and, and God will be pleased with that, but it will never please him like you giving you to him. Have you substituted giving you by giving other things? Have you said, God, I can't give you me, but I'll give you this, and I can't give you me, but I'll give you this, and I can't give you my heart, but I'll give you this, i got to tell you something, man. He wants you. And you're never going to give him anything less than yourself where God's going to say, oh, okay, well, you know, that's pretty good. I'll take that instead of you. That's never going to happen. So he wants you. So I'm asking you, have you given yourself to him? Have you given yourself to him? Well, there are hypocrites in the church. Oh, really? Call Dan Rather. That's big news. Well, I got hurt one time. Get in line. 
we've all been hurt. Not only have I seen hypocrisy in the church, I've been the hypocrite. Y'all look real holy right now, I'm telling you. I've been that hypocrite. So those, those excuses don't get anywhere with God, man. Just give him your heart today. He wants you. Give him your heart. Would you just bow your head? Just right there where you are this morning, just right there where you're sitting, would you say, would you just say to God from your heart, God, I've been holding back giving you myself. I've given you my money and I've given you a lot of my time. I've given you some of my talents so you can use them. But I've never really given you me. God, I offer me today to you. And I got to tell you the truth, God, when I think about offering me to you, I don't see much there that you would want. But evidently you see stuff in me I don't see in me. So I'm going to stop running today and I'm going to stop giving excuses and I'm going to stop offering up other things and I'm going to give you me today. You can have me. Would you say that to God right now? Would you just say, God, you can have my heart. You can have me. Take me, Lord. Take my life. And I don't even know what that means, God. And I don't really know how I'm going to live this out. But I don't need to know all that right now. All I'm doing is the best I know how to say, take my life. Take my heart. Take my life. You can have me. You can have me, Jesus. Take me. Cleanse me and wash all my sins away and come live in my heart. Just say that to him. With heads bowed and eyes closed and nobody looking around, if you said that to God today and maybe you said it at a level and with a determination and a, a depth that you've never said that before, would you, would you just raise your hand and put it right back down and say, I just really did that. God bless you. I see you. God bless you. Bless you. Everybody look up. He said, I love that verse. He said, take your, your walking around life, your going to work life. He said, that life you think is so boring and sometimes looks like it's headed nowhere. God goes, man, give me, can I have that? Just give it to him. Just give it to him. We have people raise their hand today. The Bible says when people do that, that there's a party in heaven. So the least we can do is give a praise to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Would you stand to your feet this morning? Thank you for coming to Whitley Church. We're delighted to have you. Don't forget to go by the Guest Welcome Center. Thank you so much for coming to Whitley today.